The following is brought to you by Thrive, the end-to-end client experience platform that helps you get the job, manage the job, and get credit. Welcome to Winning on Main Street. My name is Gordon Henry. Thanks for joining us. The American economy is built on small business, local business people who want to work for themselves and build something successful. These podcasts aim to highlight those entrepreneurs, find out what makes them tick, and understand the challenges they face and what enables them to be successful. We're speaking with Mark Langford of the SBDC, the Small Business Development Corporation, I think that's right, uh, who is based out of Dallas, and uh, you're going to hear how Mark operates the SBDC or his division of it and how they help small businesses. So welcome, Mark. Thank you, Gordon. Great to be here. It's great to have you here. So let's just start with the basics. Uh, Mark, um, what is the SBDC and what does it do? Okay. Uh, the SBDC is, stands for Small Business Development Center, and we're part of America's SBDC. That's what the brand is known as. And so we're a partnership program. We're primarily funded by the SBA, Small Business Administration. Okay. They provide half the money, and then you have to go find a host who will match the other half. And those hosts are usually educational hosts, Mm. uh, universities and colleges across the country. Uh, We have a few states that host SBDCs, uh, but mainly you'll find SBDCs with your local community college or university. Uh, And they put in money as well. A lot of times so does the state. Because as you talked about in your intro, small business is key to America's economy and their growth. So it's kind of like apple pie. Everyone mm-hmm. wants to be associated with small business mm. and see people start businesses, create jobs, and grow the economy. Okay. Now, you have small business development centers all over the country, right? Correct. There's almost uh, about 1,000 SBDCs all yeah. across the country right. and in the U.S. territories. So okay. Guam, the Virgin Islands, just, right. just everywhere. Yeah. How many in the North Texas region that you oversee? So we have 12 12. SBDCs uh, in in North Texas, Mm -hmm. and uh, there's about 50 SBDCs across Texas. Most SBDCs are one state office per state, Texas and California, because of the sheer geography, they have Mm -hmm. to divide into regions. Okay. And in North Texas, uh, I think you said there are 12. Mm -hmm. Um, Are these in colleges? Like, where would I go up to find one? Right. So, and, and... the f- easiest place to find your local SBDC, since we're talking about them being all over the country, is if you if you look for America's SBDC, the website, americasSBDC.org, you can go there and just put in your zip code, and it will take you to the closest SBDCs to where you live. Okay. Uh, in this market, we are located with community colleges and university. We're hosted here by Dallas County Community College. Okay. And uh, we have them in Fort Worth, Plano, and we go as far east as Texarkana and down to Waco. Uh, typically, we have community colleges. We do have a couple of universities. Uh, but um, the easiest thing to do is put in your zip code at americasSBDC.org, and boom, it'll take you. americasSBDC.org. So just yep. minus the apostrophe, right? Right. Just put it all in there and okay. go. <laughs> okay. Got it. And that'll show you your closest center. Yeah. And there should be several close to you. Okay. Uh, there, it, it's just whatever's convenient for you. Great. So let's assume we have listeners, viewers who are... Uh, either entrepreneurs or people running small businesses and they want to come down to their local SBDC, when they get there, Mm -hmm. uh, what are the typical things they'll find or what, maybe to say it differently, what do most people come to do? Well, great question. Um, So most people, when they approach us, they're coming 
they think they need money. Mm. Uh, we work with a lot of lenders, and, and we'll, uh, I think the SBDCs across the country did over a billion dollars in financing last year. So wow. if someone is qualified and needs the money, we can typically find them the money. That's not the problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the problem is a lot of times people think they need a $50,000 line of credit to get them through the next six months or, mm-hmm. you know, 100000 And when we sit down with them and start talking about, well, let's look at your cash flow, let's look at your margins, let's look at, you know, how long you have receivables out there, uh, let's look at your sales and marketing plan, what are you doing for, you know, all those things, you find out that probably the last thing they need is another $50,000. Because quite frankly, that just means in six months when they go out of business, they'll be $50,000 more in debt Mm. than they are today. Mm. Um, So what we do when we work with them is really talk to them about the business itself mm. and make sure uh, that they're profitable, that they're cash flowing, uh, that they would have the ability to repay that loan. You know, why do you need the loan? Yeah. Are, are you buying equipment? Are you trying to expand? Right. Uh, or is it just, right. gosh, I run out of uh, money before I run out of days of the month and mm. uh, something's not right. So just if I could get that 50 grand, I'd be fine. And, and like I said, that's usually the last thing. Right. And I, one thing I want to make sure I spotlight is because we're hosted by SBA and universities, there's no charge for our services. Mm. So you're never going to be charged when you come in to, to get assistance from the SBDC, mm. no matter what service you're looking for. Some may charge for some training to re- recoup materials costs, but for what we're talking about today, mm. uh, your tax dollars have already supported it. Mm. So we really encourage people to come take advantage of this great service. Mm. Listening to you talk about how they come in and you grill them on the business plan and right. how they're generating, it sounds a little like Shark Tank. Are you are you Kevin or are you Mark? <laughs> or are you? Uh, I'm not Kevin. <laughs> we have we have we have people who who reflect all those personalities. So. But yeah, that's that's a great. I mean, we do we ask those pivotal questions that you see there on yeah. Shark Tank because those are the those are the drivers of the small business. And sure. quite frankly, most small business owners are great at what they do. Yep. So they're a car mechanic, they're a plumber, uh, and they're terrific at that. Mm. Uh, but they put their head in the sand sometimes around some other issues. Right. And so when you start to ask them those questions, you know, they, they don't know. And, and you can't make an informed decision without knowing some of those basic drivers. And that's okay if they don't know the answer to that question. That's what we're there for. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we work to get them those answers so then they can make good decisions and think, oh, thank goodness I didn't do that, or right. otherwise this would have happened, or, right. Right. or I'm in better shape than I thought. Right. You know, maybe I can do this. Maybe I can bring on another employee right. type thing. Right. So if they come to you, the small business owner, and they're looking for a loan, and you start to suspect, like, you need more work on your business plan, or you need right. more work on figuring out how you're going to ha- improve your cash flow or whatever the... Right. Do you then help them do that? You help them on the business? Sure. Yeah. yeah, a lot of times like they'll come in wanting help for that specific thing, but the reality is, no, we need to, we need to work a little bit more on your marketing plan. We need to know what you're doing okay. you know, from a social media standpoint. How are you getting new customers? Mm. Um, how, have you thought about how you can get into new markets? Mm. And then those decisions, you have to execute on those, will help improve the business plan and projections. But it, it, it's going to take more time, right. so you need a committed small business owner. Right. And uh, a lot of times small business owners want instant. fast, yeah. instant. <laughs> and you just, you know, you at some point as businesses start to grow and scale, uh, you have to make that decision about what you really want for this business. Sure, you know? yeah. It's a, uh, when 
somebody comes in as a small business owner looking for your help, mm-hmm. uh, who, the person they're talking to on the other side of the table, mm-hmm. uh, who is that? Is that somebody who's a business owner themselves? Are they uh, maybe somebody who came out of business school? Like, what's their qualifications that they know so much? So usually we're looking for someone who's owned a business in the past, okay. so that it's very relatable to the business owner. So mm-hmm. they understand the pressure of... Uh, you know, meeting a payroll deadline mm-hmm. of having to, you know, re- take money out of your personal account to pay the employees. And quite frankly, m- most people who don't s- who start a small business aren't successful with that first one. No. So they have a lot of those been there, done that lessons. Mm. And they can p- kind of be a sounding board as well for, you know, what you're going through isn't that unusual. Right. We just have to find a way out of it. And mm. that's where their experience comes into play. Uh, we also uh, attract a lot of former bankers, okay, uh, and, and those people can sometimes help us, uh, particularly with the underwriting, you know, aspect of what the bank's going to want to see. Helps us really speed up that process right. as, as lenders get more and more sophisticated with what they want and and what those numbers need to look like, and then the assumptions behind those numbers. You know, you just can't put on a spreadsheet. Gosh, I'm going to sell a hundred pizzas every day at lunch, right? And uh, there, then I'll make a bunch of money. You know, they're mm-hmm. going to know, well, you know, how many tables do you have? How mm-hmm. many times are you going to turn those tables? Mm-hmm. What's your food cost? Yeah. So, we, you know, a lot of times people come in with that dream mm-hmm. or they're in business and they're like, I had a dream. Mm-hmm. Everyone said I had made the best pizza in town and here I am. But it's not working out the way I thought it was going to work out. Right. So. And the most common problem that you find when the small business comes in, they have the dream, they make the best pizza in town, but things aren't going well, or is it cash flow? Is that the issue? It's typically cash flow. Uh, You know, there's a real reluctance there. They're typically pretty optimistic Mm -hmm. about what their cash flow is going to look like Mm -hmm. that first year. Uh, They think they're just going to put the sign in the window that Mm -hmm. says open for business. Mm -hmm. And people are just going to start flocking to them for for pizza, right. not realizing all those people are buying pizza elsewhere right now. Right. So what's going to make them stop buying pizza with them and start buying it with you? Mm-hmm. And then that drives your cash flow. Yeah. So initially they think, well, it's those hundred people a day. You right. know, I, that's that's just what we'll do. Mm-hmm. And and then there that becomes the pop that just becomes uh, the biggest mistake they make is they get a little over optimistic and then they wait a little too long mm-hmm. and then if you go too long uh, you're certainly not going to be in a position to borrow money from a bank because mm-hmm. no one a bank's not going to loan money to someone who's losing at that point so we'd much rather see someone on the front end uh, to make sure they're addressing right. all their capital needs before things get bad exactly yeah yeah when people borrow from you um, are they borrowing at the same rate they would be borrowing from a bank? Um, is it like borrowing from the government? What's, what's the rate? Right. Uh, so when they work with us, we work with everyone. Okay. So while SBA may fund us, uh, we work with people to get traditional commercial loans okay. and SBA loans and even microloans. So let's okay. say someone just needs $1,000 or right. $5,000. Uh, we work with micro lenders to get them those amounts. So, so the money is coming from a third party who you're right. You're, you're, we're working you're facilitating. With. Yes. you're not actually making loans. No. Okay. No. We're we're you know we're working between the borrower and the bank, really okay. kind of making that a more. Most people haven't borrowed money from a bank for a small business. Right. So we're kind of that uh, intermediary who gets yeah. in there to say. Okay, what the bank wants to see is a business plan and cash flow projections. Mm-hmm. The reality is you've probably never done a business plan or cash yeah, flow right, projections. Right, right. So let us coach you through that process. Right. 
let us make sure your numbers are real and, and prove up those assumptions. Right. What's the typical dollar amount of a loan that you process? Like, is it 50 grand or what's, what's typical? Uh, yeah, for most of our small business owners, it's going to be probably low six figures okay. to maybe two fifty. Okay. I mean, but we get a lot of people mm -hmm. in that you mm -hmm. know uh, fifty thousand yeah. dollars. A lot of times, it's hard to find a bank who's going to want to do a business loan for right. less than fifty thousand. Right, may end up with a micro lender. Right, uh, and then we'll do large, complex deals like a hotel where you're buying real estate and a building, mm. uh, and those can get into five million dollars. Okay. So that that kind of pulls up that average. But a lot of people who are just starting a retail. 250 you know, to get your rent covered or if you're buying a building in a place and your equipment. And right. And what's the upper end? You said $5 million. Is it About $5 million. That's about, so, so the range is as low as maybe 50 ish Right, right. Up to about $5 million. That's a pretty big range. It's a pretty big range, yeah. uh, you know, and just like everyone else, banks prefer the larger loans because yeah. the reality is the work's the same. Yeah. You know, they yeah. need 12 months of detailed projections and yeah. they got to read a business plan. Yeah. They'd rather read that for $5 million than right. for 50. Sure. So we have to work with banks in our market who have an appetite for certain types of loans, you know, so some may be, uh, we have a lot of hotels in our portfolio, so we don't want to work with that group right now. Or mm. We don't do startup restaurants. We only do franchises. So it's our job to be knowledgeable about the market and have those connections. That way, when the person comes in, we can just save them a lot of work. Fascinating. It's really a win-win. Wow. The lender. What a great resource. About how many, uh, Small businesses uh, come through your doors on an annual basis, coming to the SBDC all over the country. Oh gosh, I, I, um, that's a great question. We see about five thousand in in our in our market in a year. Yeah, in North Texas. And how many SBDC centers are there? Like There's sixty-two. You? Sixty-two. Yeah, and we're we're the eleventh or twelfth largest, so five thousand would be a little high, but not you know I imagine mostly. Uh, at least 3,000, so you're talking about a quarter, a quarter of a million people. quarter of a million, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, a lot of small businesses. Coming. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's, it's just a great, it, it's often called the best kept secret, yeah. you know, that no one knows about them. What we hear a lot of times is after they find us, they're like, oh, gosh, I wish I would have known you. Oh, shot, yeah. Yeah, when yeah. we started right. type thing. Right, right. How long does the relationship last? Do they keep coming into you for the course of the loan or so ideally we want to see them you know over the life of their business mm -hmm. you know and especially you know right. with the demographics of the country right. now you're like a psychiatrist keep coming back yeah, you, <laughs> you see uh people who are getting older yeah and they're looking for an exit strategy yeah. and a lot of times uh seems like in the past there was a lot more uh family-owned businesses that transition down the line, yeah. but a lot of kids are like, Dad, I don't want to do, Mom, I don't want to do that, what you did for the right, last 30 right, years. Right. So they come to us talking about, you know, how do I value my business, how do I find right. a, a buyer for my business. Right, right. Uh, so ideally, we work with them from beginning to end, and we talk to them in the beginning about exit strategy. You know, and we talk about, you know, at some point, you're going to stop doing this business, and there's things you need to be doing now. Yeah to make it attractive, right. uh, a lot of the things uh, that, quite frankly, Thrive does to institutionalize the business. Right. So it's not just if I'm Mark Langford who owns you know, a, a company yeah. that when Mark Langford wants to sell, it's like, well, I bought for Mark. If right. he leaves, I'm going to. Right, right. You want. You want a system. You want a system. Yeah. So yeah. that's what we really try to do with people. That's great. Um, we're going to come back to that in just a minute, that okay. idea of, of building a system so you have something replicatable. Uh, we're just going to do a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back with Mark Langford of the North Texas SBDC. At America's SBDC Network, our mission is simple, to help businesses grow and succeed. 
small business owners and aspiring entrepreneurs can go to their local SBDC for free face-to-face -face business consulting and at-cost training on business planning, accessing capital, marketing, regulatory compliance, technology development, international trade, and more. And SBDC clients get results. SBDC clients start a new business every 32 minutes. They create a new job every 5.3 minutes, and they make $100,000 in new sales every eight minutes. No wonder more than 90% of SBDC clients recommend their services and give them an average 4.4 out of five stars. Successful and thriving small businesses are crucial to creating a prosperous economy and keeping the American dream alive. Visit us online at americasbdc.org or find your local center to get started on your path to success today. Okay, we're back with Mark Langford, the head of, what do we call you, director? Sure. Executive director yeah. of the uh, North Texas SBDC, uh, having a fascinating conversation about how the SBDC is helping entrepreneurs and small business owners all over the country uh, with improving their business and particularly getting uh, loans, which everybody is interested in. So we left off on this subject of uh, uh, parents have kids who may not necessarily want to do what mom and dad did right. for the past 30, 40 year, 30 or 40 years and what mom and dad do. So that raises a whole bunch of interesting questions. You talked about mom and dad need to build kind of a replicatable system. So right. it's not just it's not just my customers know me, and if I leave, the right. whole thing goes away, or right. it's, but there's a real company there right. that could be sold. Exactly. There's an exit strategy. Yes, yes. So you started to say, uh, you were talking about the software program Thrive. Right. And um, you'll see I have a Thrive vest on. <laughs> our, it's our sponsor. Uh, so we love Thrive. And Thrive, as our listeners know, is a, a CRM system, really, that helps small businesses create that replicatable process. So maybe you can talk a little bit about how do you speak to small business owners about creating that process and get them to think about moving away from just as, oh, I'm a craftsman and I make the pizza, right. so I actually need to run a business. How do, you, how do you kind of talk them through that? Well, a lot of it is, you know, talking them through what their goal is. Um, and a lot, as we said earlier, a lot of people come in at a certain stage in their business and it's like, Typically, if they're uber successful, they don't come see us. Yeah. You know, they're coming to see us because there's a problem. problem. So, okay. In order to solve this problem, we have to change some things within your business. Yeah. Uh, and one of those things typically is you have to start acting more like a business right. instead of just an individual who's great at this and does it. Mm. Uh, and so that's that really gets into the system process. Mm -hmm. Typically, it starts with two places, the financial and the marketing. Because mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times when you're talking to people about their finances, they're going to bring you... You know, maybe an Excel spreadsheet, you know, maybe a shoebox, you know, we st you still have those. Yeah. Uh, and so at that point, you're like, boy, you, you don't have anything here that's going to speak to a, a lender or right. potentially a buyer someday. Right. So you need to systemize, you know, the financial aspect of this business. Sure. And we can't make any decisions until we know what your revenues are and your expenses and your costs and, and all those good numbers. Um, and then on the marketing side, you know, it's the same thing. People are like, um, we talked about earlier, oh, I, I do a little advertising. I really don't know if it works or not. Uh, it seems to be sometimes and not other. So they don't really have that commitment to any sort of systematic process right. to say, okay, I'm going to invest in, you know, this, whether they're spending their time there or their money there, what, what are they going to do? And then how are they going to track it? 
Okay. And then how are they going to see? Then it ties back to your finances. Say, right. look, right. you did this, and this was the increase, and now we know your margins. So we have to replicate that more often, mm -hmm. uh, which means it has to be more systemized and not just you. There right. has to be other people involved in this. Yeah. And that way, when you do get to that point where maybe you're you know, talking to a borrower, uh, to a lender, or you're trying to sell the business, they recognize, so if Mark's not there, I just can kind of come in and plug and play on some of this stuff. Right. Because everything's our, it's a machine. It's a machine. It's, it's, right, exactly. It's a, it's a system, and it's not just about a person. And it becomes kind of addictive. Yeah. Because not only is it a machine for the business, but that means Mark can go on vacation yeah. and not have to worry about, right. gosh, if I'm not there to open and get the deposit and do the cash till, right. everything's going to fall apart. And right. if I'm not there to meet with that marketing person, they're not going to go. Absolutely. No, yeah. you, you can step away from the business and it, it should go on with that. That's what a business is. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. I, I'm sure many of our listeners have, uh, have come across this book, but there was a sort of famous book written, I don't know, 20 years ago called E-Myth. Sure, that Michael book. Gerber, and sure. Michael Gerber, and, and his book really yes. nailed that whole idea of the right. you know, poor woman who had started the pie business and right. was toiling, and she felt like, oh, if I just work another six hours a day, it's all going to be successful. And right. The harder she worked, almost the worse it got because she had never spent any time thinking about the system that you're describing. Right. And so the book was really about how creating a system yeah. – lets her go on vacation and ultimately lets her sell the business so that she can move on to something Yeah, that's else. real life. I that's mean, real that, life. That's, that's what it's about. That's what it's about. That's yeah. what these people... So, so a system like Thrive, which helps people put the client names in a database, enables them to communicate through email and text so they can communicate with their customers and have all that information in one place, send them estimates, send them invoices, get payments, all those kinds of things a business needs to do with their clients. Um, is that the kind of thing that you would recommend to people? Uh, I don't know how close you get to sort of recommending other products. Obviously, people know about the accounting software, QuickBooks. Right, right. Do you recommend software, or do you just say, here, these are some things you th should think about? We, we typically talk about things they should think about. Mm -hmm. We have to be uh, careful about right. recommending one particular sure. thing that does right. that, but we can talk about this is an option, and this is what they do. This mm -hmm. is another option, mm -hmm. and then say, you know, you should really go investigate, investigate. Yeah. these services. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, I think what, quite frankly, makes Thrive unique is there's not a lot of other people who do everything right. we right. do. Yeah, um, broad. And so the reality is people get busy. Mm. You know, if they're a mechanic and they're working till you know, someone comes in at a quarter till, you know, six and they're their best customer and they need help, they're going to stay till seven, yep. which means they're probably not going to do what they were supposed to do. Mm. So anytime you can have something set up to do already. Yeah. Then it's one less thing they have to worry about. Right. You want it to be as automated as possible, so they're not thinking, right. they're not ha physically having to. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, back to the example about the kids not taking over the parents' business. I, mm -hmm. I'm curious about this idea of uh, small business creation today. Mm -hmm. I, I've heard it said that there was more small business startups in the Carter era, hmm. late 1970s, there are today. Even though. People say we live in this fantastic era of technological innovation and, you know, all this growth. Um, right. What's your perspective? Is is Are people starting businesses more today, less today? You know, from what we see, it's I think there's more interest in starting small business. I'm not sure they convert into actually starting the business. Yeah. I think you see, uh, because we see a lot of peop young people who are interested in small business, that, that's a demographic that's really grown. Yep. And 
what they're trying to do is understand how to monetize something that they may be already be doing for friends or something yeah, on the side. Exactly. So it may not be a full-blown business, mm-hmm. but they're trying to do that side gig type thing. Yep. And so they're kind of they're coming in to look at what are the legal as, legal aspects first of all for, to make this business legal and and then how am I going to pay taxes on it and what does all this mean? You mm. know, it's like gosh, I've been doing this, but I probably ought to really formalize this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so I think a lot of them come in from that aspect, and then. I think a lot of people have to be careful with those financial decisions. Sure. Again, that's why we're there is to prevent maybe from people mm-hmm. starting businesses. You know, a lot of times one of our success measures is not how many started the business, but how many are in business three, three, five years later. Sure. Yep. And so if we sometimes can prevent someone from who just got laid off to investing their 401k mm-hmm. into the whole mm-hmm. I make the best pizza in town business. Right. And you know, you you see it as well as I do. Uh, you drive past, uh, you know, a mom and pop startup pizza place, and you can almost tell they're just not going to make it. Not you know, <laughs> and it's it's a shame. And you just wish, gosh, I wish those people would have come in and done a little bit more work on the front end. Mm. So I don't know if there's as many starting, but there's there's as many curious about okay. starting the business. Right. Just maybe more education about. Right. It. Maybe this isn't the best time. Right. Right. Um, th- that that issue about longevity and do they make it right. um, leads me to another topic I was curious about, which is franchises. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, maybe this is something people do more today than they did 20 years ago, 30 years ago. But franchises, I think we all know, um, are everywhere. Right. Um, I know, you know, town I live in, you go down Main Street and there's probably more franchises than there right. are independent business owners. You right. see them everywhere and of every stripe. It's not just restaurants anymore. It's, 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 it's everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you see, um, do franchise, do people who want to open franchises or buy franchises come to you for help? Is that something you see or you're mostly the independent business? No, owner? we see a lot of franchises you because do. a lot of times, uh, Number one, if they're looking at a franchise, they're going to be required to do a lot of pre-work. Sure. And especially if they're going to try to get funding. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times uh, we work with companies like FranNet. Okay. We do a lot of franchising yeah. seminars yeah. and we partner with them mm-hmm. in order to just make people aware of who the – like we're doing today, what the SBDC can do for them. Right. And so with a franchise – and you you find lenders are going to be a little bit more willing to, to loan to they franchise okay. because you have a systematic process behind them. That says, system's already in place, like we talked about. Yeah, here's the 50 things you got to do before you open. Here's right. the 50 things you do the week you open. And you have you the open. brand name. Right, and right? you have the brand name. Yeah. So so they feel a little bit more comfortable than, um, you know, a mom and pop, you know, who just is like, well, yeah. I've done this. I think I can do it for myself. Right. Okay. Right, right. <laughs> Well, if you don't, can you pay me back? You right. know, that's, that's the concern. So right. Franchises have, quite frankly, a higher success record. They do, don't they? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's just the name brand recognition. It's right. Just and like, the system. And the system. Right. Yeah, and, and, and with a lot of small business owners, like we talked about, they're not going to come in for help mm-hmm. four months in when those numbers are trending dan- downward. Right. If you have a franchise and you're having to report quarterly sales and they go, uh-oh, mm-hmm. there's a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to talk about what your marketing strategy is, mm. you know, why are your food costs so high, why are your labor costs so high. Mm-hmm. They're going to force you to have those conversations mm-hmm. that if you're on your own, you just may say, it'll get better next month, <laughs> and then next month it just keeps going down. Right, right. There you go. Right. Um, you hear it from a lot of people that today, uh, 
you know, we're sitting here, it's the beginning of March 2020, and uh, although we've got some bad news recently with the coronavirus, the economy overall has been pretty hot for the past year, right? right? We've had a lot of growth. It's been a good time to be in business for most people. Mm -hmm. And as a result, the uh, unemployment rate has gone down. I think right. the lowest record unemployment, like in a really, really long time, 15 right. years or something, 3.4%, yeah. 5%. Um, so with such low unemployment, uh, I often hear that the problem small businesses are having is hiring good help. That, that really is a lot of times when we, we partner with the Federal Reserve on surveys, that is the number one problem. Finding good help that's going to stay and provide the customer service, you know, that represents the small business owner they, the way they want to be. Uh, I think any of us who frequent small businesses, yeah. retail, yeah. restaurant, otherwise, you, you can relate. You you can you can see there's a gap. Yeah, that wasn't there ten years ago? Right. Uh, right. But small business owners are just you know they're they're in a quandary where mm. you have to have someone who's going to be there to do it. Uh, you just have to find the right one, and it, it is a challenge. And a lot of times, what we hear is they just don't show up. You know, right. they'll be there, or maybe I hired them and they didn't show up the day for the first day. Right. Uh, but much less after they do this for three or four days, they go, ah, this isn't for me. Right. It's just a different world. Right. It's really tough, isn't it? Because for, for a small business like you're, you're sort of describing there, you, you don't have the brand. Uh, that a big company does, or even that right. a franchise does. So it's it's harder to attract people a little bit because it's not a well-known name that right. people may be attracted to. Um, probably if you're early stage business, you maybe don't have the, you said the cash flow or the ability to pay maybe quite as right. high right. wages. Right. So it is tough. What what do you do? Do you, do you give people a chunk of equity? What, what do you do? Well, depending on what position you're trying to hire, right. sometimes you may do that. Mm -hmm. uh, but typically with the uh, employees that we're talking about who have a lot of turnover, you're right. They, they struggle to find right. what is going to be attractive to them. Yeah. So maybe they try to be a little bit more flexible, flexible. with the hours. Yeah. Uh, maybe they do offer them a little bit more opportunity to move up within the company. Yeah. And so you're looking for those individuals who that is attractive to. Mm. If, you're, if you're interviewing someone who's just there for, you know, the money, mm. uh, then you probably need to find someone who's just a little bit more relatable to what you're trying to do right and will buy into it a right. little more than just about work because someone tomorrow will put you know a quarter higher than what i'm paying you and and, and you'll be gone right so but if i if i've got you a little bit more invested in what we're doing here right and you can see maybe a long-term fit um then, then that's a way to to keep them around right I'm just curious. I know um, many of the clients of, of Thrive are, are home services type businesses. Mm -hmm. Your roofers, your contractors, your home remodelers, your plumbers, and right. many of those businesses. And their employees are sort of skilled uh, technicians, basically. Right. Right. Um, is is the is the supply of of skilled technicians less today? You often hear. I've heard some of the political candidates say. You know, kids should think about not just maybe going right. to college, but maybe going to a vocational or technical school where they'll get some marketable skills and be able to find jobs like those kinds of companies right away right. Uh, without racking up debt going to college. Right. Um, is that an issue you, you have found, that, that maybe there aren't enough of the technicians coming out of schools today? Yeah, and that's really where working with a community college host like we do, mm. it's kind of that perfect bridge mm. because they're a lot – they're very keyed into workforce development. Mm. And so what they'll do is they'll get a, um, 
a panel together. Yeah. I know they've done it with auto body folks, mm. you know, to say, hey, what, what do we need to be training, you know, these students on so that when they get done, they're doing what you need them to do. Right. And they're hireable. Right. Hireable. Yeah. Same thing with welding. You yeah. know, yeah. That those people, you can make six figures welding. Sure. After going to, you know, maybe a two year program. Yeah. And then, you know, you build on that by learning underwater welding or right. something like that. Right. So it's, uh, it's there. To your point, to answer your question, yes, there is a shortage of those skills, mm. uh, and two-year colleges are great at training. And and then there are companies now, especially larger ones, who are doing their own training because they're just not getting the workforce they need. Interesting. Uh, so they're having to take it upon themselves to invest in training folks to come in and, and do what they need to do. Right. So it's a it's a you know, when you get to those skilled positions. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can't hardly see a van drive by without now hiring, you know, skilled, yeah, whatever. Everybody's yeah, looking. Fill in the blank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess that's a, sort of a good problem to have in the sense it is. that we have a lot. Yeah, we're, we're, we're trying to solve it. Solve so it, it's yeah. a good one. Yeah, good. Well, we're almost out of time. This has been fantastic. I could ask you questions for days. But um, what's the future of the SBDC? Is the SBDC uh, itself growing? Uh, they're going to have more centers. Uh, wh- where does it go from here? Well, as we talked about earlier, we're funded, you know, by the government, by, by Congress, mm-hmm. who quite frankly loves the SBDC program. Sure. So our funding has grown, and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of thanks to the lot of work of our association mm. uh, over the past few years, we've gotten a bump every year. Good, uh, because we can point to results. Yeah. We're one of the few government agencies, mm. quasi-government agencies. Yeah. Uh, if we help you get a loan, mm. you have to sign off that we actually helped you get that loan. Mm. Uh, we have s- signed forms that say you got the loan from this bank and we provided assistance in you getting that loan. Yeah. So we take those stacks to Congress and say, <laughs> boy, you know, you're funding this program at $135 million for the entire country mm. and look at what you're getting back. So our ROI is huge. Yeah. And so Congress continues to love the SBDC and want to continue wants to continue to see it grow. Yeah. Uh, I think small business uh, is kind of the cool kids' lunch table right now. <laughs> you know, everybody wants to be in small business in some shape, form, or fashion. Yeah. And uh, we really want to help them succeed in working with partners like yourself. Great. Right. And you said $135 million is the funding of the That's SBDC what the federal provides, and then yeah. we have to match that with state and local. Oh, so it's a, it's, okay. it's a pretty cheap date, quite yeah. frankly, to okay. Congress. We're yeah. grateful for it. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to say $135 million is cheap, but yeah. for, for the whole country, for yeah. what you get. You get a lot done. You get a lot done because yeah. you, you have those community partners who we're all in this together. Right. Uh, and, so and, and how many loans? Do you, do you know the number of loans you guys make on an annual basis at SBDC? I don't off the top of my head. I, I know, uh, I think I, I did see a stat where for the country we did about a billion dollars. Billion dollars in loans. Yeah, in Dollar. loans. Okay. And you can you can probably do the yeah, math. Yeah, do the math. And you can go to America's SBDC and yeah. find all those great stuff. Great, great. Well, that's a, yeah. it's a terrific uh, service, and, and, and it's uh, it's great we have SBDC to yeah. help small businesses because yes. I know, uh, you know, it's tough getting out it is. and thinking, how, how am I going to make this thing work, especially if you're a first-timer? Yeah, and you just you don't know what to do. And, you know, quite frankly, at some point your spouse gets tired and at some point gets concerned right, right. about hearing all these uh, yeah. problems that come home every night. So right. we're that other resource for right. you. Well, I'm going to finish up. I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you to do a quick lightning round. i got a okay. couple, couple of Mark Langford, what do you do with your spare time type questions. <laughs> okay, okay. So that's the first one. What, what, what do you do when you're not figuring out how to help small businesses when you have some free time? What do you do? Well, uh, we, my youngest child just left the house, so oh, okay. I'm, I'm at that point right now. 
uh, where we're trying to figure out what do we do with our spare time. Okay. But we have a lot, we've lived in this community for a while. We have a lot of friends and family here. So okay. typically we spend time uh, as much as we can doing that, relaxing with them. Okay, very nice. Yeah. That's great. Um, do you have a favorite TV show? Oh, gosh. You know, typically what I end up watching more than anything is uh, maybe old Seinfeld reruns. Oh, there you go. Never <laughs> or, gets old. No. <laughs> uh, or sports, you know, anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, are you a big book reader? Do you have any particular books you've read uh, that you like or want to recommend? I tend to listen more. Oh, you do? Yeah, and I tend to listen to more podcasts. You okay. know, it's, it's hard for me to say yeah, time to, find to commit the time. Sure. Yeah, to, to a whole book, so I love the interviews. Okay, well, other, other than listening to Gordon Henry winning on Main Street, what's your fa- favorite podcast? Uh, a couple I like are, uh, you know, How I Built This. Okay, yeah, I Roz. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. super, because yeah. uh, we can, you know, we... yeah. Relate. No matter the size of the business, they've all been through these stages before. Sure. And I think that's the interesting part when you listen to that podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 It it is interesting when you listen to the ones who've made it big. Yeah. Uh, When you cycle back. Right. They usually started somewhere small and had some ups and downs. Exactly. They all had a pivotal break in there. Yeah. Or they had the downs and they they recovered. And yeah. that's a lot of what we've been talking about today. Is Absolutely. We're all going to have downs. It's yeah. how do you bounce back? How do you bounce back? Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for stopping oh, by. My really appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, I hope everybody listening to this really takes this opportunity to think, could I benefit from visiting a local SPDC? Because it is a terrific resource. Absolutely. We uh, have been lucky here today to have Mark Langford of the SBDC joining us. Uh, and telling us about the Small Business Development Centers uh, across America. Thank you again, Mark, for your time today. Our American economy is built upon great entrepreneurs. We appreciate their time sharing part of their story with us here on Winning on Main Street. Tune in next episode for more insights with another great entrepreneur. For now, this is Gordon Henry, signing off.